you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you. Spirit of the living God, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Your word says in the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. You said your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will have visions. And the old men will dream dreams. Thank you, Father. Spirit of God, speak through us today. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank God that I'm not uh, one of the old people. I'm not yet in the realm of dreams. I'm still having visions. <laughs> well, Pastor Andy, that's another story. No, kidding. <laughs> I'm not, after the service, I'm going out through this door. If we get visitors back there, I'm not coming near you. <laughs> He's not happy, I know. <laughs> I know you love me, brother, but I'm going to stay away from you today. <laughs> Amen. Is it possible for someone to go from the bottom to the very top? Oh, yeah, I like your faith. <laughs> Amen. There's a woman, an unlikely character in the scripture, that did just that. If you read in the book of Hebrew chapter 11, the Bible gives us a list of people, or the names of people that are in the hall of faith. People like Abraham, Isaac. When I was young, Samson has to be there, because of his strength. David. But in that same list, there is an unlikely character, a harlot. In the same list with Abraham, Isaac, David, and the rest of them. Rahab, the harlot. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31, the Bible says, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish, with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So she is listed among other people like Barak and all Samson in that list of the hall of faith. How did she get there? She was a Gentile woman, a harlot. How did she manage to find a name or get a name into that precious list of God's great saints? You'll find a story in Joshua chapter 2. The Bible tells us Joshua, after the death of Moses, Joshua got to, to, close to Jericho and decided he needed to send some spies into Jericho to, to just spy the land. And so he got two individuals to go into the land and to just view the land and come back and bring words to him. And those two individuals left 
and went and lodged with Rahab the harlot. Man, nobody would like to see saints going to lodge with a harlot, right? And you have to understand in their days, they didn't have hotels like we have today. If you traveled, men traveled, they usually would live with relatives or they live with friends. And if those two are not available, then they lodge in, a, in an inn. And usually, the inn will be a brothel where you have halots as well. And Rahab was one of those people in Jericho. And when they went into Jericho, they went in to lodge with her. It didn't take too long before the king of Jericho heard about it. There were some Israelites that come into town and they are in with, with uh, Rahab. So he, he sent people to fetch them. But Rahab was determined to protect them. And so Rahab told them, you go up, stay in the roof, and I'll cover you up there with some flax that I have there, take care of you. And she lied. She lied to, to the people when they came in. She said, where are those guys? She said, well, they actually came in, but they left before the gates uh, were closed, before it got dark, they left. And she said, you better run ahead. You, you get them, they, they just left. Just to get them away from, from her home. And she kept them because she knew they were servants of God. This was the act. That was the thing that brought her into the ark, the, the hall of faith. The Bible tells us by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received the spies with peace, she kept them and kept them alive. That was, that was what all she did. But you need to look a little deeper to see what was happening in her life. Why the Bible had, had her in that place. After the people left to look for the spies... Before the, in, uh, the spies went to sleep, Rahab went to them. And she started talking to them. She said, look, I know without a doubt that your God has given, your, given you our land. We know that. We're so scared of you. We've heard all about you and your God. And we are scared. I just need you to give me an oath. Take a note on my behalf to protect me when you come to take over the land. Protect me. I want, I want to be protected. I want my father protected. I want my father's wife protected. My mother protected. I want my brothers and sisters, all of them protected. Swear in the name of your God that you will protect us. And that's exactly what they did. And they gave her their word and gave her a token because she asked for one. Which is scarlet thread. They said, put that on there. If you put that on there, when we come, you'll be safe. For just that one act, she was placed in this hall of faith among other great saints of God in the Old Testament. In a, the story of her life, there are three ways that I believe people... Christians in the church parallel her life story. Three ways. First one is that is this. You can live in the promised land without living the promised life. 
I will explain that to you. God told the children of Israel, I'm going to give you a land, which is the promised land that is flowing with milk and honey. He said, you are going to have peace in that land. You are going to prosper in that land. You are going to be successful in that land. You will never know want in that land. But Rahab was already living in the promised land. She was in Jericho. The land, the same land that God promised the Jews. She was already living in the promised land. But Rahab was not living in the promised land. She had the most degrading job for a woman, a harlot, in the promised land. So what was the problem? Why wasn't she enjoying the promised life? And not only Rahab, but everyone in the land, they were all living in fear. Rahab told them, he says, from the very day that we heard about you, the Israelites, and what God has done with you, how he has destroyed the Amorites on the other side of Jordan, from that very day, we have been living in fear. When did God divide the Red Sea? Forty years before. They were living in the promised land, but living in fear. They were not living the promised life. Many Christians are in the promised land, but they are not living the promised life. They are involved in the church. Some of them are very busy in the church, doing all kinds of things. And they have great brothers and sisters around them, but they are not able to enjoy the promised life that God gave to us. They're not. Why? Many Christians in that, in that situation will think, well, something is wrong with my surrounding. I need a change of scenery. Perhaps I need a new church. That's going to make me feel better. I need a new pastor. I need a new wife. Oh, I need a new husband. Maybe I need a new car. Something is wrong with my surrounding. Something is not right. You're in church. Nothing is working well. So you got to blame something. You have to change something. And you're changing the wrong things. Rahab didn't have to leave the, where she was. She was already in the promised land. She could have gone anywhere and she still be a harlot. She was still right there in the, she was right there in the promised land. So change of scenery won't help. Change of king will not help. What she needed was a new kingdom. She was living under the wrong kind of king. Amen. She needed a new authority in her life. She needed the kingdom of God born into her life. Born again. Because... Christ becoming the leader, the king of a life. Many Christians are not able to enjoy this promised life because they are living for themselves. They have no place for God in their lives. They make decisions without even telling God about it. 
They work by what, what they think. God is not anywhere. It's, if it's convenient, they're ready to go. They do whatever they do. They go to church when they want to go. Nobody's going to tell them what to do. They have not fully surrendered the control of their life over to the Lord Jesus. Yes, they've received Him as, as Savior, but they have not accepted Him as Lord of their lives. And so they are in the promised land, busy in church, but they are not able to enjoy the promised life. What most of us need this morning is total surrender. Sometimes we are too afraid to surrender because the other side is unknown. Believe me, it is sweet surrender if you can get there. You'll never regret it. If you surrender totally to God, I'm going to go all the way for God. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going after God. If you do that, the moment you make that decision, He sees it in heaven because He watches over His word to perform it. He sees it in heaven. He takes you on and He's going to make you a showcase. That's what we need to do. Submit to His Lordship. If it's your Lord, submit to his Lordship. That's what Rahab did. Rahab got into the kingdom of God and submitted to the Lordship of the God of Israel. She said, I know that your God is the God in heaven and the God on the earth. And that changed her life. Second thing is this. You need to understand... One act of faith can change your life forever. Just one act of faith can change your life. You remember, you've already done that when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your life has been changed. But God takes you to another level. When you were born again, you were a babe. You were born as a babe. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the world. But then God is going to bring something into your life or bring something into your attention where you have to decide and walk by faith. And sometimes that one act of faith will change your life. Now, with Rahab, it was just that one act of faith that changed her whole life. She was a harlot. She received the spies. She was not interested in them. She wasn't interested in their money. She knew they were of God and she protected them and t- turned them on their way to go back to Joshua. The Bible tells us why she did that. Even as a harlot, Rahab had already heard about the God of Israel. How he brought them out of Egypt. How he split the Red Sea. And how they walked through. And she was three. She knew that was the real God. She had other gods in Jericho. But she knew, no, these are just things. There's only one God. The God of heaven and earth. And that's the God of the children of Israel. She was still living in sin. She lied. But she knew that there is only one God. And she was willing to commit to that one God. In Joshua chapter 2 verse 11 and 12 it says, And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. That's uh, um, the king Rahab and everybody in the land. When they heard what God had done. She was confessing God. She says, Neither did I, they dare remain any more courage 
in anyone because of you, because of what God has done with you, how you destroyed the Amorites, how you went through the Red Sea. We heard about that. And this is our confession. Because of you, for the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. She knew that. No other God. She was basically confessing her faith in God. Not the God of Jericho, just the God of heaven. And so she asked them to swear in the name of their God. Not her God, their God. Whenever you take a step of faith, there are things that you must know with regards to acting out in faith. The act of faith demands certain things. The first thing that you must know, if you are going to walk in faith and accomplish things for God and have your name written in the book of life, the first thing you need to know is this. That faith demands risk. There is risk involved with faith. Every time you have to step out in faith, there is some risk involved. With Rahab, her life was on the line. If the king had found out that she was hiding those spies, you know she would have died. But because of her faith in God, she took the risk. Faith requires some kind of risk. If you are going to be just comfortable and walk with all that you say and know, then you'll never step out in faith. You'll never lay your hands on somebody to pray for them to be healed. Because the question is, what if I lay my hands and pray for them and nothing happens? You understand what I'm saying? So there's going to be some kind of risk involved. Everything you do for God in faith will require risk. Why? Because you can't see what's going to happen. You don't really know. You just have to step out in faith. It's like stepping out of the boat and walking on water. You don't know. You just do it and act on it. And if you sink, you know that they're going to say, Ah, look, he's trying to walk on water that he's sinking. And that's what most people are afraid of. Faith involves some kind of risk. The second thing, it, it, it requires you to choose sides. You have to make a, a choice. Sometimes we have to do that. Faith will make you or force you to choose sides. As a young man, after I received the Lord Jesus, I had a home at that point. Where nobody understood Christianity. Christianity was new. I didn't understand it very well. I just knew there's a God. And I had to follow God. My family didn't understand it. And I had trouble. I had to make a choice. He said I stay with my brothers and sisters. Things were happening at that point. Or I had to leave the home and go somewhere else. And pay for my own home. Where I was, they were paying for everything. The family was. Now if I left, I have to pay. Or I had to leave. You have to choose what you're going to do. God demands that you, you choose. Sometimes you have to let go of some friends that are influencing you negatively. You have to let go of them. 
Sometimes it's somebody that's making, that's providing for everything that you have. But they are making you do things that make you feel bad. You have a boss that is making you do things that are sinful and you're feeling guilty, but that's your job. You can't do anything. Well, you have to choose. Is it that you continue to insult your conscience or you leave? You have to make that choice. And God will just stay and wait on you what you're going to do. If you make the choice, the right choice, to, and you choose God, then God is going to reward you a hundredfold, whatever you let go. You have to choose. In the ways of God, many times we have to, we have to choose what we're going to do. And every time doubts will tell us, what if I make this decision? What if I'm not able to take care of myself? What if I do this? What if I don't find another job? What if, if what if, what if, shh. Trust God and take that step of faith. Choose the Lord and God will work on your behalf. Faith also requires trust. You see, Rahab, all she had was the words of these two spies. That was it. They swore in the name of their God and they said, uh, we want you to put this scarlet thread up right there. That's all. And she had to believe. Can you imagine they were walking around that place? First day, second day, Remember? And one day they went seven times. And she was way on top of the wall. And she's looking down at them. And she's looking at the tread. Oh man, I hope. Her faith was in words and a little, just tread. You understand what I'm saying? She had to trust in what was told her by those two spies. She never got to meet in the leaders. Just those two spies. But she trusted in the God of Israel. And the words of these two spies. Many times when we walk with God, every time I should say, all he has for us is his word. You just have to trust his word. If you trust his word, you live. If you don't trust his word, your life, you might lose. Your destiny might be destroyed because you couldn't walk in faith. Faith requires these four things. You can do just about whatever God has said in His Word you can do. Just act on it. Just act on it. By faith. And God is always there to walk with you. You know, just that one act of faith saved our entire family. You remember the walls all came down. Except for that portion. Think about it. What faith can do. That one portion. Everything fell flat. And that one portion was standing up. Great miracle. And she saved her whole family. And saved her life. A harlot. Not even a part of the house of God. Not an Israelite. But faith kept her on. Your faith can also change the world. Your life of faith can change the world. 
That's why I really believe in the ministry of the Ark Fellowship. I believe that this church will change this world. I have young people that are not here yet. They are coming into this place. I have men and women that are not here with us right now. God is directing them to this place. And by faith, we are going to change the world. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. We are not moved by what we see. We are only moved by what we believe. If you are moved by what you see, you perish. Because what you see with your eyes are subject to change. But the things you cannot see, the things that you believe, will exist forever. Amen. So you can change the world. You know, Rahab, by that one act of faith, not only saved our whole family, her life was transformed. Rahab, after that event, when the, the Israelites came in, she was, we refer to her as a harlot, but she was no longer one after they came in. She got married. Amen. The harlot got married. And raised the family. Amen. Her life was transformed by that one act of faith. She raised the family. And gave birth to her son, Boaz. Amen. You remember Boaz? That honorable man. And Boaz gave birth to a son named Obed. And Obed gave birth to a son named Jesse, who was the father of David, who became the greatest king, human king, and Israel has ever known. All came from a halot. One act of faith. God may be challenging you. You have challenges in your life. And you're thinking, well, this is going to get me down. And she, for Rahab, she was thinking about her life. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. God, you got to help me. God of Israel. And God sent the spies. God will send somebody away in Jesus' name. And she lived. The harlot became the matriarch of a king. And something is anointing this morning. <laughs> Became the matriarch of a king. She rose from the bottom as a harlot all the way to the top. No Rahab, no King David. Amen. No Rahab, no King Solomon. That means you won't have Proverbs. Amen? Psalms, King David. No Rahab, no Joseph, no Mary. Right? They all descended from Rahab. One act of faith. And God placed her name in the hall of faith will change your life. This morning, you can do exactly that. Believe God for your future. Amen? 
and change your future by one act of faith this morning. Would you stand up with me? What we need to do is to submit totally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you've been holding back, this is the right time to say, God, I surrender. You remember that song? I surrender. Just surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. I love that song. I'm holding nothing back. God, I'm not holding anything back. I surrender all. I surrender all. How many will want to surrender to the Lord fully? No holding back this morning. Yes, thank you. No holding back. You want to surrender to God totally. That says, I'm going to serve you with all of my heart. Even if it is not comfortable, I will serve you. I will serve you. I will arise. I will arise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray your blessings upon your people. They leave this place, but they never leave your presence. You said you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Your goodness and mercy follow them. And your goodness and mercy will continue to follow them all the days of their lives. No evil will come near their dwelling. Only that which is good from the hands of our God. I bless your people today. Let them know good days ahead. Let them know great finances. Let them know no struggle, but peace. Let them know no shame, but grace from our God. Thank you, Father. We give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. We're dismissed.